0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. row Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. row Price and The Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, January 16th. In today's news, the odds of a shutdown this week are rising. Jared Kushner gets a warning from the U.S. intelligence community, and New Jersey gets a new Democratic governor. But first, the big idea, and a warning that there is some vulgarity coming up. The strenuous denials of a profane Trump comment encapsulate why people distrust politicians so much. After Dick Durbin said Friday that President Trump had complained about the United States taking immigrants from, quote, shithole countries, two Republican senators who were there, David Perdue of Georgia and Tom Cotton of Arkansas, took issue with their Democratic colleague. Initially, they said they could not recall Trump saying that. By Sunday morning, their recollections had cleared up. Perdue said it was a, quote, a gross misrepresentation. Cotton said, quote, I didn't hear it and I was sitting no further away from Donald Trump than Dick Durbin was. They didn't stop there, though. Both men went on to impugn Durbin's integrity by saying that the Illinois senator has a history of making stuff up. Now we know the real story. Three White House officials say that Purdue and Cotton told the White House that they heard shit house" countries rather than shithole countries, which allowed them, in their view, to deny the president's comments on television over the weekend. That is according to reporting by my colleagues Josh Dossie, Robert Costa, and Ashley Parker. The three of them interviewed more than a dozen administration officials, Capitol Hill aides, and lawmakers about what transpired last Thursday in the Oval Office. They found that Trump was actually not upset by the coverage of the meeting and his vulgarity when the Washington Post first broke the story. Not only that, he called friends and asked them how they expected it to play with his political supporters. Aides told my colleagues that everyone was telling the president that saying that phrase would help with the base because they would agree with the characterization. There was little effort to significantly push back on the story from the White House press shop last Thursday because aides knew Trump had indeed made the comment and the president wasn't upset. Cotton and Purdue have put all the Republicans who were in the room into a tough spot. Senator Tim Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, told a group of reporters on Friday that Lindsey Graham, his state's senior senator, told him that media reports of what Trump said in the meeting were basically accurate. In an interview yesterday with the Charleston Post and Courier, Graham declined to confirm whether Trump specifically used the term shithole to describe the countries, but he didn't push back on Scott's quote. In what appeared to be a direct jab at Cotton and Purdue, Graham said, quote, My memory hasn't evolved. I know what was said. And I know what I said. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, who was also at the meeting, will testify today during a Senate Judiciary Committee oversight hearing. She was asked about the quote on Fox News Sunday and said she did not recall Trump saying, quote, that exact phrase. She'll almost certainly be asked today to give her account of what happened. And she'll be under oath. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. Republicans concluded on Monday that they will not be able to reach a long term spending accord by this Friday's deadline. That increases the chances of a government shutdown. GOP leaders are now turning to short term funding measures, but Democratic leaders say they're unlikely to support any deal that doesn't protect DREAMers, the young undocumented immigrants. One compromise Republicans are seriously considering is attaching to the stopgap a long term renewal of the Children's Health Insurance Program which they think Democrats would have a hard time voting against, especially vulnerable ones who were up in 2018. House Republican leaders are scheduled to discuss their plans for a stopgap spending measure this evening. If talks between party leaders fail, the government would shut down at midnight Friday for the first time since 2013. Number two, New Jersey Governor-elect Phil Murphy will be sworn in today, making the state the eighth in which Democrats run every branch of government. Murphy is promising a leftward lurch that could serve as a model for other Democratic governors. He wants the Garden State to become a proving ground for every liberal policy idea coming into fashion, including legalized marijuana, automatic voter registration, and a bill of rights for undocumented immigrants. Meanwhile, Republicans are using New Jersey's shift as an opportunity to warn voters in swing states of what might happen if Democrats get power in this November's midterm elections. There are 33 Republican governors, and 26 of those states that they represent have gubernatorial elections this year. Number three, U.S. counterintelligence officials warned Jared Kushner in early 2017 that Wendy Deng Murdoch, a prominent businesswoman and the ex-wife of Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire who owns Fox News, could be using her close friendship with him and Ivanka Trump to further Beijing's interests. The Wall Street Journal reports that Murdoch was lobbying for a high-profile construction project in D.C. funded by the Chinese government. The project was a Chinese garden at the National Arboretum. It was deemed a national security risk because it featured a 70-foot-tall tower that could potentially be used for surveillance of the White House and Capitol both of which would be just miles away. Murdoch has previously surfaced on the radar of counterintelligence professionals for her allegedly romantic relationship with former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, when she was still married to Murdoch. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, January 16th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.